All right, welcome in. It's that time of the week again. I'm glad to be here. RJ Bell's dream preview. This is the Fezzik Focus podcast. Pregame.com, Steve Fezzik is my, is the host. What am I talking about? My guest. I'm AJ Hoffman. Steve Fezzik, the only two-time Super Contest champion in with me like he is every week. Steve, how are you, man? I am excellent, eager for another Focus pod. Let's do what we always do to start these Focus pods and, and give a Fez tale. Might solve a mystery. Yeah, Fez Tail. I want to go back. We've spoken about the Tuesday group before. That's a couple group, weeks ago. Yeah, a group of sharps that I would, I met with for years. We'd go ahead and give our best bets, talk about every game. I left someone out, and I can't believe I left him out because arguably he's the best guy of the entire group, Charlie Day. Oh my goodness, Charlie, I am sorry. You know, Charlie. Did Charlie call you out on this? No, not at all. Oh, he okay. never would. So Charlie, like, was a visionary in that he started doing totals way before everyone else. And he's like, you know what? I just don't have success playing sides like I do playing totals. I focus in on the totals. So while all of us were talking about who we liked on sides, all Charlie did was win playing totals. And not only was a visionary in terms of totals, but he really opened my eyes that overs, over is not a four-letter word. You can play over because I would say the vast majority of his plays were actually on college football overs. And NHL overs, he'd, he'd focus on, you know, the totals. And, and he, he said it, and this is actually is poignant, how it's so easy when you're betting any sport and you get train wrecked on a bad beat. Ah, oh, it went overtime. Ah, oh, extra innings, five runs, game went over. Um, oh, pick six to end the game, lost that one. You know what? Unpredictable contingent events do happen in football sure. games. Punts get blocked. Punts get run back for touchdowns. And so it's so easy to say, oh, I had the right side. They never should have gotten, you know, that fumble six touchdown. But, well, yeah, actually, you know, it does happen in games. You'd expect there's going to be one quirky play, one strip sack that sets up a touchdown per game. And so Charlie was saying it just, you know, players don't count on that. And more often than not, if all things being equal, um, he actually looked towards overs. And if you look at it, while unders hits slightly more than overs, it's like decimal points. It's like splitting the atom. Now, I've always loved unders, not so much because of how they do against the sharpest books. I love the unders in that if a total is 45 throughout Vegas, it's not like on a Super Bowl. It wouldn't be unusual at all that you'd get a 46 at a couple of the shops, and I'll send McKenzie in to go and bet at those donk shops, but you'll never see a 44 and a half. You're never getting a bargain, a low total because the public's betting over. Right. So because of that, you know, you're going to get the bargains playing the unders and the like. And that's why more of my personal bets are on unders. But in terms of client bets, you know, where I'm looking at, you know, it has to be a market consensus. You know, I still play way more overs. And a big part of that is Charlie J. And I got to thank Charlie J. He helped me win the Beat Bogdanovich uh, betting contest. Nick Bogdanovich, famed bookmaker, put up 25 grand. Jimmy Vaccaro, I believe, backed him for some of that. Um, I put up twenty five grand. We went head to head, mano a mano, and this was like in two. Th- this was two thousand and gosh, like three ish. You know, this was way before I actually won all these sports betting contests mm-hmm. and the like. You were an unknown. I was pretty much, and you were playing even money, barely known, even money. 
And, you know, the funny thing is, and it shows, when you get into these head-to-head matches, both times you're facing ringers. You know, I got Charlie in my back pocket. Nick's got his guys. Uh, we both hit right around 62%. I was I was a little bit above. He was right around there. I barely won, but um, we would go out and give seven picks a week. And by the time that we got done, um, you know, actually, I think this was like 2006, like my buddy Max was like, He'd be, at the time, he was, like, listening in, and, like, the second that we, we would release a total, he said it would have moved two points, you know, that was <laughs> just on the local radio there that it had become, you know, we were doing so well and so popular, and it really helped to show how having a vehicle of um, or, or, or a different group of people that you could rely on um, was very powerful in contests like this. McKinsey posted a note just a couple of weeks ago, Nick Badanovich was hired by Circa. Uh, no, the Stevie I, is that right? I think it was Stevie the pencil, which is um, Rich Richie Bocelleri. Las Vegas Review Journal. Circus Sports hires two longtime Las Vegas bookmakers. Well, there you right. go. Look at that. Both of you are right on. You know, the, the irony is, is that Nikki's going to see my bets coming in and says, that son of a bitch is still trying to take food off my table <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as he's over there. Um, by the way, Richie, uh, Stevie the Pencil, in a uh, look up, oh, how do I not remember the name of it? Uh, Mackenzie Michael Konick, K-O-N-I-K, wrote a book documenting all the different people he worked with. And uh, Stevie the Pencil. The Smart Money? The Smart Money. So wh- how, did you, how did these guys get these crazy nicknames and why don't you have one? I think I've got nicknames. What do people call you? Fezzik. Okay, well, yeah. F. Fezzik. F. Fezzik, that's right. (laughs) Fezzik with two Fs. I think they called him the pencil in the sharp money because he was constantly doodling as he was talking to Koenig. And like one time, he was like, what is he he writing there? And it's like like he's just putting writing K and C over and over again. (laughs) Must must like the Chiefs this week. But no, no, Richie's very sharp and uh, top-notch, and he helped develop... um, some of these betting apps, you know, that we utilize. Um, and so the, the Circa has a dream team that they're putting together. Um, but you know what? It don't matter because things change. The information changes. You can have the sharpest guys in the world set numbers, and then 12 hours go by, and if Jason Tatum has an injury and people get wind of it and you don't know about it. They beat it, you to the punch. You get beat to the punch. The weather changes. 30-mile-an-hour winds at the U.S. Open. If that happens, it's not. I'm not saying it's happening. And they put an over-under on winning score. It's hard to score low when the wind's gusting, et cetera. Okay, uh, here we go. I want to tell you guys over at pregame.com, if you haven't signed up at pregame.com, why? If you haven't done it, now's the time to do it. Pregame's going to give you a free $25 site purchase just for signing up. It takes 90 seconds. And you can take advantage of being a member by you can make you can track your own picks you can post your picks and your analysis in the in the forums draw a following become a valued member of the forums there you sign up today and you get twenty five dollars in site credit to purchase premium picks from one of pregame's very own professional handicappers today go in there twenty five dollars that's usually what a best bet costs so a best bet package go in there get that free best bet today. We decided for this focus pod to uh, lock in a little bit on some poker. I played some poker last week. You played some poker last week. We've we've been active, uh, and le- I guess let's start with some of the mistakes that people make. Like pe- everybody wants to be in the big game. Everyone plays too high. If you're playing two five, you should be playing one three. I I only know no limit for all those who play pot limit Omaha. 
I, I'm sorry. I'm a professional sports better. Um, you know what? I actually have good stuff. I'm confident I've won six figures easily playing poker over my life. Even if like people are like, sure you have as well. You, you can look me up on Shark Scope. I was I play under Groove and Dunk under the the WSOP. I played under Andy Two Ninety Six. God, I don't even remember which uh, poker stars. So both of them, I'm sure, show that you know I'm a semi pro. Very you know profitable. Um, you know, one thing I would do um, when when I observe people is how bad the average person plays the calling, the incessant calling, first into a pot, and they call. It's never right. Mathematically, I'm sure there's an exception to the rule. Don't call when you have the King Jack offsuit and your second act. Just fold that garbage. <laughs> don't call. And if you want to be a maniac and raise every now and then, fine. But don't limp in with the stupid King Jack. And yet that's consistently what you see that you know people do they they play all the problem hands the two broadway cards that aren't that good like an ace 10 an ace jack a king jack even a king queen someone under the gun raises and you have king queen offsuit, just fold just fold he has you crushed if he is an older gentleman he has there is no hand you can beat he doesn't raise the old fart folds ace jack maybe he limps he never raises there he has ace queen he has ace king or he has a big pair and guess what they all have you crushed, and even if he does have a pair of tens or jacks, you don't win anything if a queen or king flops, anyways. Yeah, I uh, listen. I'm a very I play tournaments pretty much. I'd say ninety five percent of what I play is is tournaments. Uh, and are your friends over at the South Point? I think have a pretty good little game. I love this tournament you played in because there's so many good players in town now, and they want to play at the World Series. But everyone wants to play poker. People are jazzed about it. And maybe some of the locals have gone down, checked out the World Series, but they're busy. And guess what? They got the poker itch. So all of a sudden, they're playing in all these tournaments at other properties like the South Point. And the South Point, they, uh, on, I guess it's Monday nights, do a 15K guarantee on Monday nights. It's $150 buy-in. Was there an overlay? There was like a $7,000 overlay or something like that by the time it closed out. I texted you guys when I was playing that there's a, a heavy little overlay going. Not like I expected you guys to just run up and, and jump in, but uh, I had probably one of my five worst beats ever mm -hmm. uh, in a tournament. It, it, in, that, in that tournament. Which one? Uh, well... <laughs> Uh, You've had two of them in a week, right? No, yeah, I, I, I've uh, this this one was the one that I was telling you about with the uh, the hand that I got I busted out on, and, and there, I think it was like 110 players or something like that, mm -hmm. and I ended up finishing like 40th. Uh, but I had 10 nine, and it's like the raise was three times the big blind. I was the big blind, so I just call a couple other callers. Yeah, there's three there's three of us yep. in the hand. The flop comes 10-10-9. Good flop. About as good as you can get, right? Mm -hmm. Well, um, there's a raise, and then I, I'm all in. And then Actually, there was a bet, and you just call. You smooth call. Yeah, yeah. There, the, no, there was a bet. The, the other guy raised, and, yes. then, and, then, and then it was all your stack. Then anyways. I was like, well, I'm, in, I'm all in. Yeah. Then the guy right behind me says, well, I'm all in, too. Beautiful. Bring yeah, it on. I'm, I'm pretty stoked. Well, the first guy flips over pocket aces. He's a dope. Like if, if a, his hand is never good there. No, not in a zillion years. Not when everybody's like you both don't have jack queen drawing to the straight flush. No, no. So he flips over ace ace, and he can't believe that he's lost this hand. He's doing a pod right now, explaining how unlucky he is. I think that's what he's doing. The guy <laughs> next to me, who's like, 
it was I think he was a very good player. He's an older Asian dude. I like I didn't want to get into hands with him for for the most part. He was it felt like almost every hand that he decided to be in, he was raking, and I was like, oh, I just want to avoid this guy. Well, I don't know. He's got two things going in favor of him from what what you just described. So, I'm, <laughs> and from from my evaluation, all things being equal, not that I want to draw a sweeping conclusion, but uh, let's just say the last thing I want to do is face the 23 year old from Finland. Okay, right? well that's fair too. That's okay. fair. Uh, but this guy, he. Apologies to Norway, you apply to. This is the guy who went all in behind me. He flips over 10 queen. And I'm thinking, oh, man, that's a tough break for him. You know, he thought that he flopped well. I'm so sorry. Well, what do you think comes out on the turn? A queen. So I get sent home after... And a queen and a queen only will send Matisau home. And a queen... Oh, it's a queen! Oh! No! Why me? Why? I'll, I'll, I'll be all right. It's okay. Man, how does that even happen? I, you know, it doesn't seem fair. I thought it would be my year. And that's what I did. I I stomped around and yelled and no one cared. And then I just left. Which, by the way, while I was at the South Point, I had to eat. And I went to Steak and Shake. Outstanding. You like Steak and Shake? Mackenzie, you a Steak and Shake guy? Wonderful, wonderful burger place. You know, you know what I love about Steak and Shake is you can upgrade, you can substitute the fries for the salad, and it's not—it's a good salad. But you didn't do that. Do you I did Texas? not do that. I uh, I upgraded my fries to chili cheese fries. I think that's a good move. But where is Steak and Shake originated? It's got to be a Midwest chain, right? I think so. Because they thin ha- fries, thin fries. It, the the what now? The fries are thin, not yeah. steak fries. Like Jimmy John's, it is a product of uh, Southern Illinois, normal Illinois. Okay, so steak and shake, there's a couple giveaways. When you order chili cheese fries, there's beans in the chili, which is, uh, I'm listen, I'm from Texas. You're the guy that ordered it, man. We don't put beans in chili in we, Texas. We, we, we just, Mackenzie, look, I got this wish nev is breathing down my neck. <laughs> so there's, there's not going to be any freaking french fries much less chili bean cheese fries five-way skyline you know blimpo fezzik that that's not happening go ahead uh mckenzie just put up my odds to win when uh when that flop came out and i was i'm surprised only 69 percent to win the hand and then 10 percent just to tie so very rare that you would lose to either of these aces or queen 10 yeah so the ace had had nine nine percent of the time he's going to catch his ace uh, and then the, the queen 10, 13% with 10% to tie as Something well. Something doesn't seem, this seems amiss to me because there's like, the, oh, I guess the I guess it's the rule of four, right, Mackenzie? So he's got two outs with aces, so two times four is 8%? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Wow. Good All job. Right. So, yeah, I, I, yeah that, that's a that's a kick in the balls. I, by the way, that rule of four, just real, real quickly, um, pros don't actually calculate. They take their number of outs, so if they've got like nine outs to get to make a flush – and they've got two cards left. It's the rule of four. So you take nine outs times four. If you've got two cards coming, 36% chance to get there. If you're on the river coming, then it's the rule of two. Nine outs times two, you'd have an 18% chance. So, so that's that's the, the trick they use to estimate how often that they'll make their um, their hand. Make their hand. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, so steak and shake, the other thing that gave it away, you can order – I saw on the menu you can also order uh, chili, but they put it on spaghetti. 
Which, well, that's that's Southern Ohio. That's Skyline. That's their that that's right. the signature food of Cincinnati. Ohio. That is that's mid, put, Midwest etiquette or Midwest put, uh, Southern. That's Southern Ohio. You've just put down all of Cincinnati. I'm not putting the them WKRP. down. KRP. That that's their signature item. <laughs> I'm not putting them down. I just when I saw Maybe, it on the menu, I said, "Ever wondered." What became of me? <laughs> I also, they make a patty melt. That's what I ordered was the patty melt. And the governor insisted that he was not drunk, but he was unable to explain his nudity to yeah. the police officer. <laughs> the, the patty melt, low on sauce, and they, they put like a whole onion on this thing. Like it, and it wasn't like chopped up. It's like big chunks of onion, which so was a basic, little... So basic strategy, don't get the bean chili fries. Just get the steak burger. Tell me you like the steak burger. The burger was good. Yeah, I just could have used less onion on it, like not an entire onion, or they could have cut up the onion a little smaller. Okay. All so, right. but overall, it's decent, decent food. Next time, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna make up for what what time did you bust that? Was it after midnight? Uh, no, it was like the tournament started at six. I would oh, yeah. say this was probably like nine forty five. Next time, don't get too outed, and go to the <laughs> coffee shop after midnight. Last in the tournament till midnight. And then you will get one of the greatest specials ever at the South Point. Um, they're all good, but the steak and eggs is like five ninety nine. The hamburger is four ninety nine. Oh, and the and they have like a ham steak and eggs. They've got like a ninety. It's a dollar ninety nine biscuits and gravy. It, you might have to wait half an hour, but the counter oftentimes no waiting, and it is just some of the best late night food specials. But you got to. Only starts at midnight, and it's crowded from midnight to to twelve forty five. Pent up demand. Now, when is the? Uh, where do I get the hot dogs? I kept hearing about the dollar hot or two dollar hot dogs, whatever it is. Dollar fifty hot dogs. Typically, the cart on the weekends. I don't know about the weekdays. Certainly, um, uh, it'll be there on the weekends. Usually, um, from like ten or eleven a.m. until about five p.m., the cart is out there. Limit three dogs. Um, per person, but um, if you tip the gal, she'll look the other way. I think Mackenzie's walked out of there with six. Six hot dogs, Mackenzie? Got the cowboy boots, the cowboy hat. <laughs> Fake mustache, everything. <laughs> Go uh, three more of those. <laughs> all right, let's get back into the poker fest. Poker tips. I'm going to tell you what every player does wrong. Every right? player. Every single one. I've never seen one of them play this right, and it's so obvious I can't understand it. Okay. So you go into a no-limit game. Most people, some places let you play uh, without posting, all right? Some places make you post, so you, you usually wait till you're in your big blind, and then you go sure. and, and post. And people, they're playing at 2-5, for instance, they're like, oh, I'm used to playing with 100 big blinds, I buy in for 500. Uh, this is, in my opinion, a big mistake, all right? there's you, you may as well angle shoot here. There's no reason not to. This is what I do. It's within the rules. I always buy in for my 500 and chips. I've got them in my cargo pants, okay? But then when... The big blind comes around, or I'm close to the big blind. I sit down. I'm playing my first hands. Min buy, okay, which is normally 40 big blinds because it sucks being in the big blind. You're at a disadvantage. You don't want a big stack when you're playing out of the blinds. You want a small stack. So if you get a good hand, you can just play short stack it, which is very powerful. Which means I'm ready to go all in. You're ready to go all in. You got your ace queen. You got you know a couple. You got um, a couple late limpers and a guy raises. You get a caller. You got your ace queen. Yeah, great. I bet all my chips. Boom. You know, right off the bat. Whereas if you have that ace-queen with a big stack, well, yeah, you're going to play it, you're going to raise, but it's it's a hard hand to play. You're out sure. of position, okay? Um, no one does that. Everyone despises it for the full amount. Drives, I just can't understand it. Then you get the button. Now you got a choice. If you want to, you can short stack for an orbit or two, evaluate the table, all right? Um, or alternatively, at some point when you get the button, boom, as soon as you get the button, well, now you're the player with the key advantage, all right? Bang. 
put a, put a, slam those chips down. Now they're in play. And now, now we're going to play some poker. All right. But there's no reason not to play a little short stack, at least in the blinds for two hands, because you're clearly at the disadvantage when you have a big stack, even if you're a better player than the other players because you're out of position. That makes a lot of sense to me. I never thought of it that way. But, yeah, it does make a lot of sense. Mackenzie, do you follow that rule? Yeah. So, see, one person does it. You actually do this, Mackenzie? No. Okay, but it makes sense. <laughs> and the reason people don't do it is it's a pain in the neck and you're buying chips from the dealer. And like, who wants to buy chips from the dealer and then say, but I'm only playing 200s, but just buy the chips away from the dealer. Walk to the table with the chips and it's so much cleaner. You know what? And every now and then, hey, that's not my problem. Every now and then someone said, oh, that, that guy bought in for like the, uh, for the minimum. And they don't realize that you're playing with a full stack now. Don't hide your chips. Make them in full view. But if they don't happen to see it, should you be sitting at first or, or in the one or the ten spot? Well, that's you know that's his job. That's not their yours. problem. Yeah. That's, you know, don't hide your chips. But there you go. Uh, another poker tip I love doing. All right. So every now and then I love to limp and smash under the gun. Okay. Or or first person in where I get a big hand and ace king kings aces even queens at times and I'll just I'll limp and I'll say just just a call. And then if which it, you hate. Typically. Which, which I hate typically. I say always, if you're the first person, you, could, you can call if someone else called. All right, limping can be get limping. But if you're the first guy in, mathematically, it is always correct to raise. But it's only mathematically correct if the other players are playing mathematically correct. <laughs> but the other players don't play mathematically correct, so you can deviate. And, and, and in an aggressive game, that's a good deviation. Then somebody raises, couple callers, bang, let's say you got your aces you re-raise, and then you, you, you've got them, okay? And so now they'll, they'll either all fold, good outcome, they'll all call, you've got the best hand, you've got a big pot going already. So works really well. But here's where I really like doing it. And then let's say you're playing tight, you get no cards, you go three orbits, you barely played. Then you're under the gun, you got your big stack, and you're staring at the eight, nine of diamonds, and guess what you do? You fold. Just to call. You say it exactly the same way, just a call. And then should someone raise subsequently, by the way, you're going to show your aces if it's, there's no showdown, okay? Okay. And then if, if, the, if exactly the same formula plays out as it often does, because despite what people will tell you, the two five players are absolutely horrendous. And I know people are saying, oh, then why aren't you a professional poker player, Fezzik? Because I don't effing make six figures a year playing poker 20 hours a, a week, okay? Um, but I certainly am profitable. But then, so you get the razor, you get the two callers back to you, and then you raise even more than you did the first time. A little bit more, not a lot. And then they're like, I've seen this movie before. Okay. He said just to call the first time. He said just to call the second time. He showed his aces the first time he went in. You might get one crying call with the guy McKenzie calls with his fives. And you know what McKenzie's thinking? What are you thinking, McKenzie, when this flop's coming? I hope I get a five. And if you don't get a five, what are you going to do after I see bet? I am going to fold because you probably have a pair or something. He is going to fold. He's not even going to Hollywood. He is going to fold that hand. When that flop comes, Jack 6-2, and the pot's $120, and I bet $65, he, McKenzie's cards are going to beat my chips into that pot. He's going to go, ugh, and throw his cards in. And if he calls, well, you know what? Then then you're probably going to have to shut it down and just let yeah. him have it. And you know what happens every now and then? The most ridiculous thing, sometimes five, six, seven flops when you got that eight, nine of dimes. It does happen. There's worse things. And then the, uh, and the poor person has the pocket fives, and then you take his whole stack, you know? So, yes.
All right, that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Fezzik Focus Podcast. Steve, great job as always. Always good to have you in here. Mackenzie, great job doing your thing in the back. And thanks to you guys, this this podcast keeps growing, man. This is one of the most popular pods on our feed. But please subscribe to the feed. RJ Bell's Dream Preview, tons of great content, uh, MLB content, golf content, college football's coming up, and, of course, the dream preview that you hear every Tuesday night into Wednesday morning. Thanks to you guys for listening, and we will talk to you next week. 